Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. Welcome to another edition of the Indy Cornrows podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. And of course, read us over at Indy Cornrows. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today? Oh, doing great. Beautiful sunshine came up this morning. Kind of out, outside right now, chilling in the shade. It's a very nice morning here in Indy. So, you know, we survived that, that devastating loss. And uh, maybe it's more than just the sun coming up the next day. Maybe, maybe it was the right thing for this team. Uh, so uh, that was... Uh, it was over in a hurry, so it's a much better stressing over what was going to happen at the end of this. Yeah, um, I guess. Well, we have a yeah, we have a lot to dive into. I, I think my first question would be: Do you think it was better to just get absolutely hammered like that and close out, knowing that it's not even <laughs> going to be close? Because that game was—I mean, it, it felt like the game was over by halftime. Um, yeah, like I, uh, yeah, it was like. I, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it was like, yeah, it was like, you know, they had maybe five minutes to see if there was going to be some signs of life and it actually went the other way. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. It was over. <laughs> there was no stopping rush. Yeah. I, uh, I, so I, I never pretend to be like some body language doctor or anything like that. I, I think that's oftentimes <laughs> just, uh, you know, way overused and, uh, yeah. some guys are just more emotional on court and how they present themselves. I certainly was. Um, so I try not to take too much away from it, but last night it certainly felt like the team was not, um, it, it did not feel like they wanted to be there, uh, about, you know, a quarter and a half in it just like, I, I, it's not that I think guys weren't trying hard or anything, but you could just tell they were like, you know, we're getting our asses handed to us. Nothing is working. We're doing the same stuff right. over and over again. You could, I don't know. That was my feeling. It really felt to me like they were just kind of going through the motions in some extent. Yeah, I, I, I kind of that. You know, it's kind of you're like beaten down, and, and you don't see. There's no hope given, and you know whether it be adjustments or somebody catching fire or somebody you know sparking what might be a comeback, um, and it just they just literally faded away pretty quickly. Um, and I know, you know, I felt like Sabonis was, was frustrated early. And, I, you know, on some level, I don't blame him. I mean, there was that offensive charge. He was called for uh, Gafford, where Gafford really just ran into him. And he just, you know, went down because Sabonis is big. But it's like, that's not really a charge. You know, stuff like that starts going against you early. Um, and, you know, Sabonis was, was just seemed like, frustrated and, and just had it, you know, basically um, a lot of times out there um, and, uh, you know, with those big guys just coming, I mean, they were, everybody was coming at the rim. I mean, what they have like 52 points in the paint and like, that seems like not even quarter. enough. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, they ended up with more than that, but it was just like, it was alarming. I think at one point it was 
like the points of the paper in early in the third was like 52 to 26. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah. if I remember correctly, I think Washington shot 62% from the field in the first half. Like it was just, it was yeah. insane. And it was a little bit fresh. I mean, we've talked about this so many times, but I just have to illustrate again because the amount of people <laughs> who are going off and saying, oh, Sabonis sucks, Sabonis this, Sabonis that. I just, <laughs> I don't like, how can you watch last night and say this is all on Domas? Domas did not have a good game. That is completely fair to say. Um, but to just say, like, oh, the defense is all his fault. I mean, who out there was playing yeah. good defense? Uh, yeah. Like, O'Shea had some nice moments, and, I, I mean, Justin did too. But, like, Malcolm really struggled defending Russell Westbrook. Everybody struggled defending Russell Westbrook. Um, I mean, he just – wherever he wanted to go, he was getting there with ease. Uh, no one was containing at the point of attack. Um, you know, when they were blitzing or, or hedging, uh, there was no backline rotation. It just, they were still going over on every single freaking screen on Russ. And it just, I, I don't understand how you can put this on, on, on one individual player is how I would say it. it's not even just the Domas thing. I just don't get how, how we can view this and say it's, oh, it's all on one player. This is just clearly like the system was, like from the get go, they played exactly like they did when they let up 154 points to the Wizards two weeks ago. Yeah, and, and the scary thing was, I felt like Russ never got out of the third gear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he was able to just write things down, and and you know, he he let other people do the damage really on a lot of levels. But he was, you know, he's such a uh, a key for them. And and when you're right when. You know, they're letting them get going downhill and, and get, you know, that first line of defense is so far out in the perimeter and they're, and they're, he's by them in a hurry and then it just breaks everything down. Um, it certainly can't be on the last guy in the line. That <laughs> takes all the heat, um, that's for sure, especially when that's not his forte anyways. I mean, we all know that. So, um, yeah, the, the, whatever they were trying to do looked very similar to what we had seen before against the Wizards and, and it's just obviously not a good matchup for the way they were playing them. Yeah. Well, I also would say too, I'm just glad that I personally, as much as I, you know, I, I love watching the team play. I love just watching basketball. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is a merciful end instead of having to watch this team get absolutely slaughtered yeah. by Philadelphia in four like this. I mean, to, if, if you're going to lose like this to the wizards, they would have, I'm, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think, I mean, Philadelphia clearly would have given them a lot of problems. I mean, Embiid only played in one of the games this year, and they right. still lost every game to Philadelphia. So I just, yeah, probably for the best that it went that way. Yeah, I mean, there's that, the level of play that they were kind of ramping up and, and giving you, and, and there was, you know, I feel like LeVert probably would have played in game three and four, but I, that wasn't probably <laughs> much at this point. If, if you're not going to be able to consistently play um, against a guy like Ben Simmons, who's going to be coming downhill, a la Russell Westbrook, um, although larger and with more guys around him, not to mention Embiid. And if they don't have Turner, even though Embiid's killed Turner in the past, um, you know, he, he would be running roughshod. And it, it, yeah. We'll just yeah. take that third kid pick and go home. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Would not nice have been part um yeah i uh well I, I think the one thing that's good if i remember correctly let me check tankathon right now but i believe this mm-hmm. guarantees the it'll, it'll be the 13th pick or the yeah. uh the um i think there's a 4.8 percent chance 
at the first overall, or I mean a top four. Yeah, pick. let's go. Yeah, four point eight percent is not exactly <laughs> a, a ring endorsement of getting uh yeah. getting anything, but it takes one. Yeah, exactly. I'd I mean, tra- <laughs> even just in uh in doing the draft work, which my first uh, first profile is going to come out as soon as we're done uh, talking here, which that's exciting. Uh, a lot of the guys who I I mean I think the Pacers will be interested in or should be looking at, um. Are going it, like drafting 13th is going to be a lot better than drafting 15th in some regards here because after the fourth pick, I'm really you know, and talking to my friends who cover the draft, um, I'm talking to some scouts too. You know, I'm not uh, after the fourth pick, it seems kind of just up in the air what's going to happen in terms of the way the draft's going to fall out. Um, one of the guys who's continually, you know, I'll have a, I think my profile on him is going to come out next week. I might draft profile today is on Scotty Barnes, who probably will not fall to the Pacers unless they're able to get a, uh, a topper uh, closer to the top pick, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll, we'll see with that. One thing that's interesting too, we talked about offline yesterday. Uh, this pick might not actually even end up being used. Uh, I mean, it could be used in a trade right, or something, right. but. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? I personally really want to see them actually draft somebody in the lottery and make something happen. But I guess, I mean, regardless, it, it just depends how things shake out. Um, but it sounds nice to actually draft a lottery pick and, and see what how they can contribute. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice. If, who knows? Maybe they, they use that pick for the player to move up. Um, and that's the thing. I, I just feel like it is you know, completely legitimate um, to say, yes, Pacers didn't have all their guys all year. That's obvious. And um, and like we said at the beginning of the year, before the season even started, they got a lot of really good guys. They don't have that star guy, but, you know, they have the depth um, that, you know, they can play well and play, you know, into the middle of the season in the East, no doubt. Now, you know, contending for the championship becomes tough when you don't have that, that – uh, Star guys do, obviously. So, um, you know, are they going to, after all that's gone on, and, you know, there has to be, it's not a perfect marriage in, inside that locker room either, uh, regardless of who's healthy and who's not. So, are you going to shake it up and try and um, get some better pieces spin around, you know, whoever you want to go forward with? But, but going forward, and, you know, me, I just feel like they got to do something to change up, change up the narrative even. Um, I think if they bring everybody back, you know, that'll frustrate a lot of fans and a lot of, a lot of people who, who they want to go buy tickets, you know, and unless they start, it'll be tough to get them back enthused about the team if they don't make any changes. Um, and so... Uh, that's that's just why I feel like you know it, it it would be good to draft that pick, but I think you know as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, everything's on the table, um, including that pick now, and uh, yeah, everything starts I guess today. Yeah, um, well, I guess that brings us to our next point. Uh, just quick, quick temperature gauge. Uh, I mean, where are you at with Nate Bjorkman and and whether or not he should be back? Um, I, I feel like I would like to see another person there, um, considering the way things went and, you know, the, the reporting that, that 
has been out there for months now, not just a couple of weeks. Um, but there have been issues with the communication and, and all that. I am fully aware that he was dealt a horrific hand, um, you know, with all the injuries and his first year with all the COVID protocols. And, and I think Scott mentioned yesterday, like, you know, he's had to coach through a mask, which is, which is rough, you know, um, trying to get points across and all that. So I understand all that. Um, but also, you know, there's a, an, an on-court aspect of it too. And, and, you know, it was kind of illuminated last night. Like, you know, what were the adjustments? We've, there's plenty of uh, recent uh, data and info and whatever you need to try and come up and game plan to slow down Russ and the Wizards or, or, or something new. And um, we just didn't see the those adjustments. And, you know, but we talked about how nice it was they finally got on TMT and when they played the Hornets and showed out, played well, well, you know, they're back there again last night, and it, it was on the embarrassing end. Um, and I know that doesn't sit well with the, uh, you know, from the owner on down um, when it, when they get that look. So um, I, I am very interested to see. I I, I don't know anything, um, obviously, but um, I, I would, could expect that um, you know at least there's going to be changes to the shot to face. If they start anew, um, also I feel like if they do that, they gotta have somebody, um, you know, in mind who, who's a, you know, who, who they know can take them in the direction they want to go, um, without you know a full blown out. Let's run everybody through the middle search because they kind of already did that last year. So they should be able to, um, uh, you know, maybe there's somebody that's reaching out, or they reach out, and they just have somebody that. Um, they'd want to bring in that would be better. Otherwise, you know, they probably will end up bringing him back and, and giving him a, a you know, because it, it, it's hard to say he had a fair chance this year on a lot of levels, um, and that's what they could lean on. Um, but, uh, man, I, I wouldn't mind a clean break. Yeah, so it's really tough. I mean, we've, again, we've talked about this before, but it's important to talk about again now. Like, I just, like you mentioned, you know, this stuff has been reported for months now. It's not just a one-off. Mm -hmm. You can scream fake news all you want, but it's, I mean, it's reality. Um, you know, maybe there are parts that that came through, like the TJ Warren trade request. I would say um, he, of course, denied it, and uh, that I, I understand why he would do that. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, of course he's going to deny it. Like, this is not me trying to say that he did it, but I'm just saying, like, point being, we don't really know. I mean, I know that the um, – you know, some people have who poked around said, uh, you know, that, that I mean, there's uh, higher end people in the front office that were not on record, but as background, you know, they said to the people at the Indy Star that that's just completely false. And but again, of course, they're going to say it's completely false. This is not me like trying to like pin everything on the front office or on TJ or anything. But I just think it's it's real, like regardless of the way that things shake out, that's that's PR. You're supposed to do that. Um the stuff with Malcolm the other day, like not committing to answering anything about Nate Bjorkren and, and uh, him as a coach in his first media availability since he was injured was weird. Like that was weird. And I think that was a very clear indicator. Like, okay, maybe Malcolm's not really so, uh, so big a fan of Nate. And again, that's not an indictment of, 
of him, but that's just, that's, that's reality. Um, I think, I think I also look at too, just, um, I mean, even if you don't have all this stuff going on, the on-court product has just been so lackluster in so many regards. And I think it brings up a lot of really important things. I, of course it was Caitlin who said it because Caitlin always says insightful things. But last year when, when we talked about the potential of Nate McMillan being fired before he was even fired, she pointed out, she was like, you know, it's important to, to think about, even if Nate gets fired, uh, you, there's no guarantee that you're going to take a step forward. And she was absolutely right. Like, um, I think there was this idea that maybe he'd come in and the defense would be the exact same or maybe take like a little bit of a step back, but the offense would be a lot better. And clearly that's not what happened. Um, like, like we're talking about with the adjustments and everything, like that's what he was uh, said to be really good at it, coming in and making these adjustments and, and being, a, a, you know, X's and O's whiz or whatever. And uh, that just, I mean, while some stuff came through on the offensive end, just the clear uh, unwillingness to change things defensively. Like, I mean, that was killer. Like, especially like you're mentioning, like they played the Wizards twice in the last month and had the same problems in both games. And then you can't make any adjustments for it in the, uh, in the, in the game that matters the most. And I, I, I don't know. I'm again, I'm not trying to be overly critical, but I just think if all the off court stuff hadn't happened or, or wasn't a thing, then I, I still think you're looking at this and saying, well, maybe, you know, I, I would understand giving him a chance, but he's probably going to be on the hot seat next year. But with this, I just don't see it. I, I don't think that it's worth running it back with him. Um, it, it, it's one thing to just say, oh, he's a rookie coach and he was dealt a bad hand. How, how, how often is a coach dealt a good hand? Um, you know, I, I think maybe that's a reductive way of putting it, but even then, like there are very, just very few times, are you ever going to have a fully healthy roster as a coach? And, uh, I don't know. I think that's where I'm at with it now. Um, I'm not sure that we'll see him. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one thing just real quick. I know last night, Brogdon was a little more bureaucrat, um, after the game. And he, you know, was saying that he told him in the locker room, um, how much you appreciate him and all that, but um, again, <laughs> and then um, and this is gonna play sound like a slam on Blackman, but I mean, my my first thought is this guy is, you know, he's he's a he's a political beast, I think. So um, he knows when to say what, and so um, that gives him some some cover, <laughs> you know, and maybe it is absolutely, you know, he he. Um, you know, and kind of not mentioning the report specifically, but kind of refuting all the all the drama. But you know, um, the the thing I, I would say about like if they were to keep Brooklyn, they definitely have to make some adjustments to the roster because uh, obviously what what they have right now, even if they run it back, doesn't fit what Brooklyn's trying to do. Um, so, uh, so the, I just wanted to make that two points just about. And his praise of uh, Bjorkman, but again, you know, maybe too little, too late. Well, yeah, and it was just like again, like you mentioned with Malcolm, it wasn't his dad? His dad was a politician. Either his his dad or his mom was, if I remember correctly. Um, and again, this is not trying to throw shade at Malcolm, but like, what else is he gonna say? You know, like it doesn't look good for him to come out and say, "Yeah, yeah. we really didn't play hard for Nate tonight." Like. 
because he said, you know, we wanted to win this one for coach. And I'm like, well, I didn't, that's not something that I saw on court. Um, yeah. And it just was like, it was cringeworthy <laughs> in some extent. Like every time that they did the TNT cutaway to Nate, like uh, it just like the amount of people I had hit me up and be like, this is the Pacers head coach. Like, has he been like this all year? I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is where it's been. And to your point about changing the roster again, we've talked about this before too, but this is even regardless of a coaching change, like the roster has to change. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I wasn't thinking you meant otherwise, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the next thing. Uh, I mean, would you say, I mean, we've, the, I think the answer is yes, but Turbonus is pretty much done, right? No, I haven't think so. I mean, and they, you know, you go through this so many times and this is so many years. If they really want to shake up what they're doing and go in a new direction and try and take a, a, a leap up, um, I almost think they have to. I mean, that, you know, one of those guys in a pit could get you up and get a really, really good young potential superstars for the future, you know, or, um, or the other way, you know, a, a veteran who fits better with the rest of the guys that are left on the team, whatever. Um, but, you know, you got to use the guys that have the value um, to, if you're going to shift directions. And, and that means, you know, guys that we love. I mean, think about Miles. Is he, he is, you know, beloved in the city because he's just a great dude. And, um, you know, one of those guys who, has never even considered, you know, talking about wanting to leave. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we all have him on a trading block. But um, um, so, you know, that's stuff emotionally, but it, it's just not going to be easy to, you know, they're just going to be coming around the edges unless, you know, they're willing to move one of their, you know, big pieces, the big key guys uh, in that rotation. Uh, and that's, you know, never an easy choice, but. Um, I think it would be reasonable to try something different. <laughs> yeah. Out. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree <laughs> with that in the slightest bit. It's uh, it's yeah, I agree. It's really tough with, with miles because he's not somebody who I, I would want to trade. I mean, I think I always, I mean, I always say it, it just leans, it comes down to me for, whichever guy is getting you the best deal back, you know, like, and this is something I'm mm -hmm. writing about today. Like um, it, 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 it comes down to what you value the most. Do you think that if whoever you draft at 13, or maybe you are lucky enough to get a top four pick paired with miles is that, and whoever you get back for, if you trade a Domas or if you trade a miles, like it's just, uh, there's a lot of things that they have to think yeah. about. And even then with the bench, like, I feel like even if, uh, I mean, the starters will definitely look different. I'd be surprised if they don't. But also, it feels like there's going to be some wholesale changes on the bench. Um, like, it's going to be really hard to keep Doug, Doug around based on how much money he'll probably get this offseason. And, and it's almost guaranteed that one of him or TJ are going to be gone because yeah, be interesting. you can't really keep both of them given how everything's shaking out money-wise. Um, so I'm interested to see how that works. And it just seems based on how everything is, I mean – uh, you're probably going to be able to bring it back TJ for cheaper. And at the same time, I feel like he's just been so important to what the team is doing um, both on and off the court, even given how, how rough this year has been. Uh, it just, I yeah. mean, would you agree with that? It feels like he's like one of the guys who was able to kind of glue everything together in some sense, both on and off the court. Yeah. He's, he's like the emotional anchor of the, the whole group. Um, and 
extremely value in that in that role. And I think you know, Doug, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, how the market is for Doug because he looked so good this year. You know, with and Bjorkman has him blown to the hole, and um, he definitely has gotten a lot out of him. But yeah, it's going to make him uh, uh, pretty valuable, I would think, on the open market. Yeah, no, I agree. Or, you know, especially for like contending teams that are trying to fill, fill those gaps. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, it, and there is, you know, there's a toughness element that this team needs. Um, you know, I feel like O'Shea Brissett came in and all of a sudden he was a dog out there. They, they could use a little more dogs than a lot of those guys. Um, and, you know, kind of reminds me of when Isaiah was here and, <laughs> made the deal for some dogs and got our test and um history with that situation because they went a little too far the other way but um regardless i mean they need that toughness and uh as well you know mentally physically all of it you know up and down the, the rotation to uh to try and improve as well and and you know fight through some of this stuff and uh so it's just not it's not all just skill set, you know. There's some mindset as well um, that that needs adjusted on this team. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, Jay Michael did a really good podcast with with Derek Schultz last week, and they talked about you know missing that guy like that. And it's just it's true. Like you can see that. Like you need somebody who's yeah not just a veteran uh, on the you know in the locker room, but you need that guy who can who can set the tone. Uh, you know, on the court as well. And they, they've just really missed that. Like, um, I think that's something they'll be looking for. And maybe that's part of who they would end up trading. I mean, I don't know if they would trade for that. It's hard to make the money work for him because he's getting paid a solid amount, but um, just point being, that's something that they're definitely missing. So that's a great point. Um, yeah. And I think you, you bring up a great point about the toughness as well. I think it's less about like, again, like toughness is like one of those sometimes annoying buzzwords that gets brought up, but I think there is, a real element to that that's uh that's kind of missing with the team like i i i say this like as nicely as possible but uh, in watching every team in the league i don't know if there's a team that that complains about not getting fouls more than this team um like i understand it in some regards like you i you know they do get hammered physically sometimes and they really don't get the calls that they need um that's been a problem for them for a long time, but at the same time, like just the amount of times where that would happen this year when either, you know, Domas gets fouled hard and then instead of getting back in transition, he starts yelling to the ref because he doesn't get a foul. And like, there is just, there's, there, there was a lot of that this year that was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Um, so again, and it's not me trying to chew the guys up, but it is something there that's, that's I felt was kind of real. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times it is, like you said, you know, even last night early in the game, I thought, oh, boy, this is how this game's going to be called. Um, and, you know, hey, let's face it, this is not a level playing field the Pacers are on in the NBA. So, you know, that that's the, the hard part, too. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that go into these games. And, and also, you know, that goes to, you know, are they going to be making these big changes? Are they going to be changing the coach? You know, is the owner going to be willing to – you know, pay more than he wanted to pay for the coach last year or, you know, pay more for, for the roster to bump it up and, and, and try to improve. 
um, that, that, that that's a big factor in this as well. And you know, that that will be not answered directly, but but indirectly by what they coming back with in September, uh, as far as a, a roster and and uh, and a coach. Yeah, no, I agree, and it really does seem to like. Um... The only, well, not the only reason, but it, the majority of, like, if he is brought back, it feels like it would just be a cost-saving move. And that would be uh, pretty frustrating because I cannot imagine he's getting paid very much as a rookie head coach. Um, yeah. And if they're not willing to to shell out more than that, well, that's a lot more of a reflection of ownership than, than anything else. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see on that. But I think that's uh, that's probably enough for today. Unless you have anything else that you want to add, um, we will definitely. I think we got more to come. Yeah, I feel like this this weekend could be interesting, and I'm I'm sure that we'll have stuff coming up soon. I'm not really anticipating that they'll make a move right away because that just doesn't seem to be necessarily what they do. Although I do think that they should just you know tear off the bandaid asap and, and move forward. But we'll see, um, Tom. As always, it's been a pleasure. Um, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Of course, read us over at Indy Cornrows. Uh, we have some good stuff coming out, and uh, I'm sure more stuff will be coming out uh, as as time starts to go on. Uh, have a good rest of your day, and thank you for listening.